Welcome to Preach to Teach. I'm your host, Pastor Cliff Miller Sr. This part of the show is called Basic Training. Some might call it Bible Study, but we call it Basic Training because we start with the basics. A little bit at a time, not trying to overwhelm you or impress you with fancy words and sayings. If you're looking for a performance, this ain't that show. If you're looking for somebody to manipulate the word to make you feel good and make us sound impressive, this ain't that show. Dr. Lehman Newtall, Senior Pastor of Thy Word Worship Center, located in Plymouth, Minnesota, breaks the word down in a way that everybody can understand, showing you the Greek and Hebrew translations that you may not know the meaning to, making sure that you have all the tools as a Christian to handle the ways of the world. So without any further ado, let's jump right into this session of basic training with Dr. Lehman Newtall. Bow our head. Father, I thank you, Lord. Thank you once again for your grace and your mercy. I thank you, Lord, that you're still on the throne. Thank you, Father, for being God, God all by yourself. So thank you, Lord, that you allowed us to put our trust in you, and we trust you, Lord. Speak through your word tonight, God. Give us what we need to go through the rest of the week. In Jesus Christ's holy name, amen. 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 All right. Welcome to our Wednesday night basic training. We call it this our Bible study, where we study the Bible and prepare you for war, pre- prepare you for the fight. Because once you enlist in the army of the Lord, you are in for a fight. And so, as long as you know how to fight, you have no problem. Amen. So, we want to look at some things in the, in the Bible tonight. And I want to talk about a subject tonight, and it's called once saved, always saved, question mark. All right. Now, I have, I like to talk about, I pray, I always pray and say, Lord, give me what, what you want me to talk about on the Bible study night. And uh, and, I, and I always, God always remind me that there may be some Bible scholars listening with PhDs in theology. and There may be some people listening to just get started. Barely understand the Bible. Probably just got saved. So I have to keep that in mind. And anyone that's teaching, any teachers that's listening tonight, you sh- you definitely got to keep that in mind. Don't we can't get deep when when you have different classes of individuals who are listening. So you got to try to make it plain and, and make it simple as possible. And so if if I make things sound generic or, or basic, forgive me. If you know if it's too if it's too much like milk, forgive me. But help us out. Pray for me, because I need I need everybody to understand. And I remember when I first got started, I didn't know anything, anything about the Bible. So I didn't want the pastor get deep on me. When I went to Bible study, I went to listen, and learn. Now I want you to remember that there are a lot of translations in the Bible. There are a lot of translations of the Bible. 
Now, I, I like to read out of the King James. Sometimes I'll study out of NSB. Somebody asked me, what, what you think the best study Bible is? Well, I recommend that New American Standard Bible or the Amplified Bible or the Living Translation. Now, they make, they have, because they have American English in those Bibles, and they'll, they'll, they'll make, it'll make more sense to you. Now, King James have English, but it's England English, two different kinds of English. And so, but you have to stick closer to the original translation, which is King James, because if you're going to be a deep studier, you have to understand, you have to know the original translation that was translated from Greek to Hebrew. And so, I, and I know God is raising up teachers that really know how to study and get go underneath the surface and come up with some nuggets and pass them on to his people, God's people. That's what my job is, is to try to clarify some things and 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 and, and make things sound it's make it make sense. Now here's the subject. Because I, this is one, this is a confusing subject tonight. And once I hear something confusing, what I mean by confusing, that we have different Christians, denominations, pastors, organizations teaching different things. Let me give you an example. Well, I mean, it, it, it sounds it's contradicting. That's what I mean. And so when, when you when you have pastors teaching one subject, in other words, you might have a lot of translations. Okay, there's different translations. There's the NSB, the NIV, there's the King James Version, there's the Living Bible translation, there's the Amplified, like I just said, and the New King James. Those are translations. But you gotta be careful when it comes down to interpretations. Because you can have 10 people reading one scripture in the same translation and have 10 different interpretations of what they read. And that's why you got to be careful what you learn and what you teach. Because this is one of them that's really, really confusing did my research on it and I found out there's a lot of denominations that that's preaching that once you get saved once you give your life to Christ you're saved forever you can't lose your salvation now I, the only problem I have with that is I I haven't read a doctrine in the Bible that says that and I'm going to give you the two scriptures that translations that the the denominations that teach that doctrine that they say that confirms what they teach now here's the one they got John chapter 10 verse 27 28 29 let's look at John the gospel according to John chapter 10. Verse 27 to John chapter 10. It says, my sheep, this is Jesus talking. My sheep, I'm reading out of the King James translation. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Verse 28. 
and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Verse 29, last verse says, My father, which gave them to me, is greater than I am. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand either. So, you can take that King James translation, those verses, and come up with an interpretation of what that's saying. Now, when I read it, I don't get that. I don't. I don't get that it's saying. Well, once you begin to follow Christ, once you confess His name, you're saved forever. Now, read it now. Here's the thing I want to. I want to share with somebody. You don't have. Sometimes you don't have to be a Bible scholar. You don't have to have a PhD. A lot of times, what you really need is some basic education from school, K through 12, and common sense. Somebody say, yeah, that sounds like a winner, Bishop. Yeah, sometimes you just need a little education in English, pertaining to English, because you should know how to read, but you should understand English words, because one word, one word can change the meaning of a verse of scripture if you don't understand words. And common sense always makes sense. It's, it's, you really need common sense. Now, here's another scripture that they said confirms that once saved, always saved. And it's Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. In whom you also trusted. After that, you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now I'm giving these scriptures tonight because I want you to I want you to use your common sense, and I'll tell you at the end what I believe. All right, because I want to go. I want. I want to go to scriptures. I want to give you my my thoughts and my theories or my commentary. I want to know what the scripture says. Y'all know that's how I wrote. That's how I work. Ephesians chapter four, verse thirty. One verse, verse thirty, and it says, "And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed." Until the day of redemption. All right. Now remember, don't take a verse out of context because a text out of context is a pretext. It can make it sound, say anything you want to say. So we don't, we're not going to read the whole chapter, but just keep that in mind. You can read the whole chapter when we get up. Now, if there's if that's saying that once saved, you save to the end until you die. Okay. Well, let me give you two scriptures that sound contradicting and they, they sound confusing. If you don't really know how to study your Bible, you'll get confused. So I want to try to clear that up now. These two scriptures, I really want you to 
write down. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. If thou shall, or that's you, if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And the last verse says, for what the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, Apostle Paul said, this is how you get saved. You confess that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. Now, let's go to Matthew, the gospel according to Matthew. Matthew chapter 24, verse 13. But he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. Wait a minute. But he, now you know that's the conjunction. That's why you got no English. But he, but he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Wait a minute. I thought all I had to do was confess that Jesus was Lord and receive him in my heart. Oh, that's the, that's the beginning. That's just the beginning. And so let's don't take that out of context. Let's keep it in context. Let's look at verse one of chapter 24, Matthew, because the disciples pulled Jesus to the side and they asked him three questions privately. Let's read it. 24, Matthew chapter 24, verse 1. And we're going to stay in this for a minute. Now, Jesus, he went out and he departed from the temple where he was teaching. And his disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. Verse 2 says, And Jesus said unto them, Do you see not all these things? Verily I say unto you that shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. In other words, that temple that y'all looking at right now, that look all beautiful, it looks all prestigious, it's going to be torn down. Every brick in it is going to be laying down flat. Well, verse 3 says, well, and he sat down, Jesus sat down on, on the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? In other words, when that's going to happen, when that temple is going to be destroyed. And the next question they said, what shall be the sign of your coming back and of the end of the world? Now they asked Jesus, that. they said, that we need to know when this temple is going to be destroyed, when you're going to become returning back. And when is the end of the world going to happen? Mm -hmm. Jesus broke it down. Look at verse 4. He said, all right, listen to y'all. He said, I'm, I'm going to break it down to you. Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. That's already happened. And it's happening now. Verse 5. For many shall come in my name, saying, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, 
you know, she'll deceive many. That's happening right now. And it's already happened. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you not be troubled. Now you heard about the, did you watch television today? You heard something between Russia and the United States shooting down one of our thrones that that was, that was in international airspace had legal right to be there and they shut it down. Now they're talking about wars. But it said, don't be troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Okay, look at verse seven. For nations shall rise up against nation. That's happened already. And kingdom against kingdom, that's happened. There shall be famines. That's been happening for the longest. And pestilence, that's one of the viruses or diseases. We just had COVID. And that's not the only one that's out there. And earthquakes, I don't need to tell you about the earthquake that just happened over in Turkey. That's been happening in all different countries all around the world. We just don't hear about them all the time. Earthquakes in diverse places, that's different places. Now, verse eight, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Some scripture says these are the beginning of birth pains. Now, if you're a woman, you already understand what birth pains are. You ain't had the baby yet, but you know it's coming because you got a certain, certain pain, certain feeling that it's in your body that lets you know it won't be long. Jesus said, that's just the beginning. Verse nine, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and shall be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Well, you know what happened to the, to the apostles? They killed them all. John was the only one they couldn't kill, but he passed away on the island of Patmos. Said, oh, after they tried to kill him, burned him in hot oil, boiled him in hot oil. That already happened. Verse 11, and many false prophets shall arise. That's happened. And shall deceive many. Y'all know that already happened. A false prophet, listen, I want you to know something about false prophets. False prophets don't look false. False prophets don't, don't look a certain way. In fact, the only way they can deceive people is because they don't look false and they don't sound false, but they'll come with a doctrine that's contrary to the Bible. You've heard some certain people that's been on the television lately, a lot of movie stars, a lot of rap stars and singers and TV personalities, they coming up with this new stuff. Some just said the other day, well, Jesus, there's gotta be more ways to go to heaven. Jesus is not the only way. That's a false doctrine. That's a false prophet. That's false teaching. But people believe him. And they, and they trust that man. He's just one example. But Jesus said these things got to happen. And they're going to deceive many. That's verse 11. And verse 12 says, And because iniquity, that's sin, shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. You saw what happened in Brazil the other day, walking up and down the street, mocking, doing parades, mocking Jesus and Oh, and that serving the devil, just come on now. The love of many shall wax cold, but verse 13, but he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. You see, there's going to be some hard times coming. And the Bible says in the last days, let's look at Let's look at, real quick, go to 2 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4, look at one verse. 
verse Timothy chapter four, verse one, the spirit says expressly that in the latter days, on the last days, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now, two things I want you to see when it comes down to English. And Matthew said, but he that endured, this is Jesus talking, he that endures to the end, the same shall be says. What about he that don't endure? Uh-oh. To the end. So now look at now look, go back over to Timothy, verse chapter four, verse one. Many shall depart from the faith. In order for them to depart from the faith, they have to be in the faith first. That's common sense. That's plain old common sense. You can't depart from something that you don't have. Oh, here we go now. So which one is it? Is it Romans 10 and 9 and 10? See, I, I just confess with my mouth. Or is it Matthew chapter 24, verse 13? Do I have to endure to the end? Well, let's keep searching. Let's keep going. See, just don't get sold on one scripture. Scripture will interpret scripture. That's how you study. Don't get sold on one. Now, let's keep going. Look at, before we go to Timothy, I'm going to go to 2 Timothy in a minute, but let's, let's go back to Matthew. Matthew is loaded. But I'm going to tell you one of the reasons why I love reading out of Matthew. This is why I like Matthew. This is one of the reasons I love to read out of Matthew because there's a whole lot of red right and you all know that when it's in red it's, it's Jesus talking look at Jesus look at Matthew chapter 4 Matthew chapter 4 verse 17 from that, from that time Jesus began to preach and say repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand that's after Jesus came out of the wilderness after he was tempted for 40 days he came out and said, repent. Repent means to change directions. It means to change your mind. Okay, so uh, do all I have to do is confess with my mouth and believe in my heart? No. First, you got to repent. Let's keep going. Now, if you don't change your mind, you haven't repented. So ain't no sense that you confessing now because it's not going to work. All right, look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 through 26. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any man want to come after me or if any man want to follow me, let him do what? First, deny himself. Second, take up his cross and then follow me. Okay. So that's deep right there. We can stay there all day. And anybody with common sense know that denying yourself of worldly pleasures is not that simple. And you don't do it as soon as you confess you with your mouth. Oh yeah. You gotta, you know, it takes it takes more than just a come saying a few words to be saved. No, you gotta, you're gonna have to 
deny yourself. First, you're gonna have to repent, then deny yourself, then take up your cross, take up your cross. That was a that that was a term that when Jesus made that statement, they knew exactly what he meant by taking up your cross. Because when Jesus was walking the earth, when they saw a man walking down the middle of the road, carrying the cross on his back, they knew only one thing was in head of him. Death. They knew he was getting ready to die. So Jesus said, there's some things that you're going to have to die to in your life, in your body, in your flesh. That takes some work, y'all. Keep going. Now, I'll, I'll give you this scripture. And this one right here should close the book. But I ain't going to close it. I'm going to keep going. Because I've given you this scripture before. But look at it again. John chapter 6. This one you'll never forget. John chapter 6, 6, 6. John chapter 6, verse 66. Let's go there. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. So if they went back, they must have been following him. Uh-oh. Let's keep going. Look at John chapter 8, verse 30. Look at John chapter 8, verse 30. And it says, as he spake, that's Jesus, as he spoke these words, many believed on him. Many of them. Verse 31 said, then, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if, somebody say if. That's a conjunction, y'all. See, that's why you got no English. He said, if you continue in my word, after you believe and you continue in my word, then, oh, oh yeah. So in other words, he said, then you are my disciples indeed. So what about if you don't continue in his word? Come on, you do like common sense, y'all. Jesus said, if you do this, I'll do that. But if you don't do this, I don't do that. That's common sense. We can close the book right now. So you just, it, not just quoting something or saying something or confessing something and even believing, because Jesus said they believe. But he said, yeah, but there's more to it than just believing. You got to continue in my word because my word is what's going to change you inside out. The church ain't going to change you. People ain't going to change you. You can't even change you. This is going to be the word that you study, that you read, that you meditate on. Oh, yeah, day and night. Oh, here we go. Now, I think somebody already getting the picture. And so, let's look at Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Now, we're going to hang around in Timothy. Now, this is Paul, Apostle Paul talking to Timothy. This is a very familiar passage of scripture. I know those of you who are seasoned, you can quote this one without even looking at it. Now, look at verse, look at verse 10. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Look at verse 10. Paul said, for Demas, now, I don't have time to break down Demas, but I'll just let you know Demas was a fellow co-worker. You'll see his name three times in scripture. He was working with Paul. He was a co-worker. He said, now Demas have forsaken me. He left me, man. 
Why did he leave? Because having loved this present world, and he with the he departed and went back. He went back to Thessalonica. See the the, the ministry. The, 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 he, he didn't like changing. He he like he wanted the world. He didn't want to be in, in in ministry. Paul was trying to get him to be to keep following Jesus. He warned him by giving him the word, and he accepted it. But then, but he he loved the world. And I know some of y'all know people like this that they they come to church and they say they want to be saved, but they can't get away from that world. That world keeps pulling them back. For one thing, they they're not reading. They still can't hang around the same people. And if you think you're gonna hang around the same people and plus not read the word of God, you're not gonna change. You're not gonna change. I already tried it, so I, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I tried it. And I, and I had to leave town. I had to move out of town, move from my family, because I love my family, but they didn't wanna change. They didn't wanna change, they kept I walk over there with a Bible in my, in my family house and I leave out carrying me a half a pint. That's how much influence family can have on you. If you think you just hang around them and change, it's not gonna happen. I got some amens, I know I'm dead. Somebody said, Bitch, you telling my story. I said, I, yeah, I know it ain't just me. All right, and then you start cussing. <laughs> Oh, let me keep going. All right. Here we go. And look at verse 14. Look at verse 14. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. Alexander, the coppersmith, did me much evil. The Lord will reward him according to his works. Oh, yeah. Now, Alexander, the coppersmith, he was a guy who was working, and he was make, he would make these, uh, this, these, uh, what you call edifice, edifices that they were shaped like false idols and false gods. And he was, they was making money. See, this was in Ephesus. You know where Ephesus is. This was in Greece. The Greeks had a whole lot of gods and, and they felt like the more gods that they had, the more gods that they believed, the blessed, more blessed they were. But pick on Paul, come preaching about no those gods not even real there's only one god and one true god so alexander the coppersmith started losing money because they were making money making these little statues and all these false little idols and so he turned on paul too paul said the god gonna get you though but don't think don't think you're gonna get away with it pretend like you was with me i mean you was with me but all of a sudden money made you change you was losing money, and so you turned on me and went back. Somebody said he went back. Now, here's the thing: when, 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 when John chapter ten says nobody can pluck you out of my hand, and nobody can pluck you out of my father's hand, and that's true. But here's the key. You can get out of his hand. You can walk away. You can leave. God ain't going to make you stay in his hand. You can decide to get up and get out. 
that's your choice. The devil can't snatch you out, but your your mind can you make up your own mind. Well, the devil can sell you a lie and you can buy it, but still, he, that's why he's called your accuser because you weren't gonna get blamed for it because it was your decision. So you can leave God like these men did. Now, Paul said that they was whipping. Now let's get up, let's go up to verse one in chapter four. Now he's talking to Timothy, the Timothy's the brand new pastor. He, didn't, he installed him in this church as a pastor in Ephesus. Now he told Timothy, I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearance in his kingdom. He told him, verse 2, preach the word. Be instant, instant in season and out of season. So preach when you feel like it and when you don't feel like it. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Verse 3, come on, help me, y'all. Stay with me. Won't you see this with your own eyes? For the time will come when they will not endure, that go that word again, they will not endure sound doctrine, but that go that conjunction. But after their own lust shall heap themselves teachers having itchy ears. Oh, yeah. He said, and they shall turn away <laughs> their ears from the truth. Now, they, they know the truth. They heard the truth and knew the truth. But then they heard another gospel. One that made them feel better. Oh, yeah. Itchy ears be listening. See, it, you'll, you'll keep looking when you want to justify doing something wrong. You'll run up on a false prophet or false teacher and they'll tell you exactly what you want to hear and you'll believe it because that's what you want to do. Now, Jesus said, now Paul told Timothy, this is what's going to happen. Verse five, but watch, he said, you watching all these things, endure. He said, endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make foolproof of your ministry. Here go verse 6. Now these next three verses is going to do something to your mind. What did Paul say? I, he said, I'm now, I'm ready to be offered. And the time of, of my departure is at hand. In other words, Paul was on death row. He could hear them sharpening the guillotines. He was getting ready to go and they was getting ready to chop his head off. But here he is encouraging Timothy. He said, Timothy, here I go. I'm ready to be offered. My time is at hand. Verse 7, I fought a good fight. Oh, yeah. He did more than confess. He said, I had a fight. And it was a good fight I fought. And then he said, I finished my course. And I kept the faith. His force, verse 8 said, now since I fought a good fight, I didn't go back and I finished what God told me to do and I didn't depart from the faith. Now, oh, now there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Now, if I hadn't fought a good fight, if I hadn't finished my course, and if I hadn't kept the faith, no crown, nothing laid up for you because you didn't follow God's will and see that don't take a, a, a rocket scientist to understand that Paul had to endure why, why, why would Paul have to endure and we don't 
if it was so easy to be saved, a lot of people that you know will still be in the fight. They'll still be in the race. They'll still be following Christ. But they done went back to the world because they got this itchy ear doctrine out there that's saying, well, don't worry about it because all you got to do is, is confess. You you say it. You seal for life. Once you say it, you always say it. Come on, y'all. Let's go to Revelations. Look at chapter 3 of the book of Revelation and look at verse 5. One verse. King James translation says this. He said, he that overcome it, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father, before his angel. Watch out now. So if, in order to get your name blotted out, it had to be in. Come on, y'all. Can I get a witness, somebody? If it wasn't in there, he can't blot it out. Now, if you, I'm not taking it out of context. Read the whole scripture. It was a, it was a letter he sent to Sardis to the pastor, and he told him, he "said Y'all think y'all lie, but y'all dead. You Let me tell y'all something, and I'm gonna give you a little bit more time to get it right. And if you don't get it right, so I'll come as a thief in the night, and I'll snatch you out of your off that lapstand. Come on, you gotta read the scripture, y'all. He, he was giving them chance now. But he said, you better return. Like he told Ephesus, he said, that return to your first love. Now, I'm going to give you a chance. But I'm not going to make you return because you're you, you threading water now. You ain't. You might not make it. Even though your name is in the book, but I'll take it out. Oh, Lord. Somebody going to say, well, that ain't what that means. That's not what that means. Oh, come on now. Read this for yourself. So there's something called eisegesis and there's something called exegesis. This is something I teach in the, in the college, in our Bible theology school. Exegesis is what you get out of the scripture. Eisegesis is what you impose on what the scripture is saying. That's called interpretation. That's why five people can see the same accident and each one have a different view of what they saw. And each one may be right as they see it. See, perception is not always real, but it's reality to those that perceive it. Uh, come on, help me. I don't want to get too deep, but <laughs> read it for yourself. Keep it in context and see what Jesus was talking about. Because it's in red, y'all. This one, even Paul talking. Paul even justified. He even confirmed that he had to endure. And he told Timothy. Let's look what he told Timothy. 2 Timothy, chapter 2, verse 3. You, that he said, thou, thou means you. He's talking to Timothy. You, therefore, endure hardness as a good shoulder. He said, Timothy, you're going to have to endure now. There's going to be all kind of fake, false people that's going to try to persuade you because you knew in the faith, but you endured. You remember what I taught you, Timothy. You remember the things that your grandmother Lois and Eunice, they taught you when you was young. Remember that. Don't let it, don't, don't go away from that. But you got to endure. This is in, like a good soldier. Wait a minute. It, how many think it's easy being a soldier? 
if you're a soldier, that means you must be in a fight. So just believing something is not gonna get you through no fight. There's some things you gotta prepare yourself to do in order to go through the fight. Look up the word endure. That, that's not no easy word. Endure. So they that they that endure to the end, that's Jesus said, them that's the one that's gonna be saved. Saved to all the, the tribulation and the hell that's gonna be coming, that's gonna come up on the earth right before I come back. Don't give up. Be like Paul. Paul said, I I, I finished mine. I kept the faith. I ain't departed from nothing. Y'all can depart all y'all want to. But I believe this. If I got to die for it, I die for it. That's what Paul said, and he did. Hallelujah. This this ain't no uh, one save, always save. You got to go through some stuff, and you got to come on on the, out on the other side. It's a fight to the finish. Can I get witness somebody? Woo. So my answer is this. Is once saved, always saved? Here's my answer. And I'm going to tell you where my answer is coming from. This is the last script I'm going to give y'all. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1 verse, verse 7. But, y'all know but now. That conjunction. But, the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I refuse him for the Lord. Come on, for the Lord see it not as man see it for man look on the outward appearance but the lord looked at the heart y'all know the story god sent the prophet to the house of god the jesse's house to find to anoint the next king and he was picking all the wrong ones a prophet of god going by looks picking the wrong ones said no you looking at the way they look god looks at the heart so my answer is this I don't think it's possible for anybody to know who's really saved because that's why I said what the heart one believes unto righteousness and then with the mouth con confession is made unto salvation just like baptism people are confused about this baptism is it is it Matthew chapter 28 verse 19 Father Son and the Holy Ghost or is it Acts chapter 2 verse 38 in Jesus name I got news for you. It, it's not what they say over you when you go down in the water. It's what you do before you go down in the water. Because you can go down a dry devil and come up a wet devil. Because what you do outside is what you do inside. Baptism is the outward profession of an inward confession. We can't see what you do in your heart. Only God can see that. So if you pretended to be a Christian and try to blend in like Judas did, oh well, that's on you. But the heart, that's what makes you saved. Not going down in the water. Can I get a witness somebody? If I said the wrong thing over you, if, if I should have said Jesus' name and didn't say, that ain't got nothing to do with you going to heaven. Because your heart is what got you in. Not the water. Oh, somebody could be mad at me. But I don't care. I learned how to read. Hallelujah. Confess with your mouth. Yes. 
but you got to believe in your heart first. Because that's what God looks at. He ain't interested in watching you go down that water and you lying, whatever, you, you really didn't mean it. He saw your heart before you went down. That makes sense. And so, the, so, so to teach that once saved, always saved is a false, that's some dangerous stuff to teach. Because that's, it, the scriptures does not say that. And for you to teach people that and get them to believe it and have a false sense of security, thinking they can just, oh well, just confess a few words and believe that Jesus is Lord and go right on back to their lifestyle. Oh, don't worry about it. You you under grace. That's a lie from hell. Learn how to read. Listen to God. Look at Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. And it's the last one. Fear none of these things which you shall suffer. Behold, that means look, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried. That means tested. And you shall have tribulation 10 days. Be thou faithful unto death and then I'll give you crown of life come on y'all this is the this is the till you die thing we gotta kill our flesh daily that's why the scripture says work you gotta work out your own salvation with fear and trembling friends you used to hang around you can't even hang around that goes for family too because they'll they'll make you slide back so fast you you, you, you think you got some butter on your feet. Lord have mercy. And your friends going to narrow down. Jesus had thousands of people following him. Following him for the wrong reasons. For the fish and the loaves. But he looked up and all he had was 12 men left. Praise God. So now I hope I cleared up the confusion that you've been hearing and wondering who's right and who's wrong. Well, you read what the scriptures say. Now you make your own conclusion. I made mine. I don't believe that all you gotta do is confess and believe. But I do believe that if you sincerely, 100% receive, accept Christ, accept what he did on the cross, believe that he died for your sin, want to follow him, follow him with all your heart, ain't nobody gonna, the devil is not gonna be able to snatch you because your mind is made up. You're fully persuaded that neither death nor life, come on, help me out. None of that can be able to separate you because you, because you sold out. You didn't just give him some lip service like Jesus said some people do he said no actions speak louder than words show me your faith ah God amen alright that brings our lesson tonight to a conclusion hallelujah father I thank you for this word it's your word it's not my, my, it's my, not my opinion 
It's not my word. It's not my theories. It's your word, Lord. So, Father, there's someone listening to me right now under the sound of my voice and don't know you. They haven't accepted you. And if there's some people that know about you, but it's not following you, I pray right now that they will lift up their hands right now and say, Lord, I didn't understand. I was confused. But now you revealed the truth to me. You said who the son set free is free indeed. Thank you for your word. I receive you right now as my personal Lord and Savior. I repent of my sin. That means I'm changing my ways. That means I'm going to do my best, Lord. I'm not just going to follow you on Sunday. I'm going to receive you and meditate on your word day and night. Thank you for not letting me die in my sin. Thank you for another chance. Thank you for letting me come home. Jesus the Christ, mighty name. Amen. Now, you say it's about the heart. It's about the heart, you know, loving God. But say sincerely in your heart, you really say, I love God and 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 I believe it. I'm, you know, trusting his word. But you still say like someone's dealing drugs. But in their heart, they believe. You can't tell them that they don't love God and God's not hear, hearing them. But they're selling drugs. So how does, about the actions, how does that work? Well, I go back to that scripture, John chapter 8, verse 30, 31. Okay. If you continue in my word, see, if you don't have, if, if you're not in his word, that's not a relationship. Okay. That's because you're praying. A relationship is my dialogue, not monologue. When you pray, you talk to God. But when you, when you read, he talks to you. That's a relationship. Yeah, relationship. You, you can't tell me you're going to. You'll change once you get a word. That word will change you. Mm -hmm. See, now, pe people's heart, they, they may say they love God, but Jesus said, now, if you're not doing this, you don't. Love, you really don't love me. I'm not. Yeah. You agree what I'm saying? The word will change yeah. you. I don't care what your last name is. Mm -hmm. okay. If you're in love with somebody, you do whatever it takes to please them. Okay. That's what you do. That's what mm -hmm. you do. So I've seen people go back and forth and, but they, they don't, they, they didn't do half the stuff I, that I gave them to do. Mm -hmm. I give them scriptures to memorize. They had, they come back the next week with excuses. Well, mm -hmm. I was, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, you see, no, if you really want to read, if you really, really, really want it, you'll get it. Okay. So if God can save me, I ain't nobody got no excuse because uh -huh. I was the worst of the worst. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's why I'm fully persuaded because if he hadn't, if I hadn't been like I was, I would I would I would believe that no oh God, you gotta accept the way I am because I can't change no. Mm -hmm. Now, once you get the Holy Spirit, yeah. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Oh yeah. The Bible says he gives you self-control. Yeah. Okay. In other words, the devil, you can't say the devil made me do it after you get saved. No. Okay. After you get the Holy Ghost, no, the devil didn't make you do that. Okay. That was your choice. Mm -hmm. You can control yourself if you want to because the Holy Ghost going to back you up. Okay. I so that's why, that. So my answer is, I don't believe that a person truly made up their mind and heart was really in yeah. it if, they, if, they, if they're not changing. I just don't. Bible can, it can seem like a very contradicting book 
unless you understand how to study. And this this world is so confused because all this messed up teaching. But the scripture yeah. says that this was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. People are gonna be deceived. Mm-hmm. They're gonna turn away from the truth and, and turn to lies and fables and myths. Right. The scripture says that. But mm-hmm. it says you just you just fight. You just keep the faith. Okay. Amen. Father, we just come before your throne and we just thank you and we praise you and we lift your name up on high. King of King and Lord of Lord. Yes. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace, Father, in the name of Jesus. But all, most of all, we thank you for your understanding. Father, we thank you for the message on today, Father. And we thank you how the questions that we had on our heart and the scriptures that was presented to us, that we would be able to apply it, Father, in the name of Jesus. And that we will repent. Give us a repenting heart, Father, in the name of Jesus. And that we will... Uh, serve you, Father. I ask that you forgive us for anything that we said or done that was not pleasing to you, Father, in the name of Jesus. But Lord, I ask that you go with us, Father. Go with us as we spread your word, Father, in the name of Jesus, because no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Lord, I ask that you just meet every need. And thank you for everyone that was in this Bible study on tonight, Father, in the name of Jesus. And just give us that hunger and thirst for righteousness and that desire to know you like never before. And the desire to just be in the word. Thank you for Bishop, Father. We thank you for how the heart that he has for your people and the heart that he has after you. He has your heart, Father, for love of the people. Lord, I ask that you bless him, be with him, watch over, protect him, and meet every need, Father. And we just thank you for uh, each one that's listening on tonight. And also, Pastor Margaret, Father, you see them together, Father. How they can put, you said 1,000 flight, but how you, they can put 10,000 a flight, Father. And we're putting the, the devils to flight through this world. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. And just watch over and keep us and until we meet again in Jesus' name. The blood of Jesus cover us and the angels watch over and protect us in yes. Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Amen. Lord. Amen. And God bless y'all until we meet again. What a powerful, powerful word. We'd like to thank Dr. Lehman Newtall from Thy Word Worship Center, located in Plymouth, Minnesota, for joining us and delivering that powerful, powerful word. Telling the truth, breaking it down so we can all understand it. Until next time, God bless and thanks for joining us.